All right. Hey, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Co-Creating with AI. I'm Martin Schellström, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Rasmus. And today we're going to talk about uh, if AI has yet had its mainstream moments. Uh, we had a big uh, Super Bowl weekend, um, the past weekend, where AI ads took a prominent place. And we have... Uh, a lot of people talking about AI, of course, all over uh, workplaces and their private lives. AI is making an impact. Um, what's your take on this, Rasmus? What, what signs are you seeing of AI going mainstream? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think Super Bowl is pretty interesting, actually. Not that like I'm a big, you know, I don't really watch Super Bowl, but you always hear about Super Bowl. And I mean, two years ago it was all about crypto. You know, all the ads were dominated by crypto firms. Um, and now it, it was like, from what I've read and from what I've heard, it was mostly either advertisements for AI products like Microsoft Copilot and mm. uh, new um, or new AI features to market existing products like uh, Google did with uh, they had a new like um, smart frame or something. Uh, uh, functionality in the new Pixel 8, uh, and also brands that you know have nothing to do with AI. That sort of, uh, I think, was some kind of um, mainstream food brand that used it to like showcase how you could uh, generate different recipes mm. uh, with their products, uh, with like um, some kind of multimodal functionality with uh, with text and uh, and pictures, etc. So yeah. I think it's just like. Um, I'm not really sure what to take away from that, but it feels like, I mean, one part of it is that, you know, there are AI products, right? There are AI features. Another part of it is kind of like that AI is so central in the collective consciousness, so to say, like in the zeitgeist that, you know, things are filtered through it. Like people use it as an, as an entryway to get kind of uh, uh, attention and to generate interest. So, I mean, I guess like, I'm not sure how widespread it is actually, but but it feels like with that kind of with Super Bowl having yeah. that dominance, that you know it must be like the, the awareness of AI must be pretty broad, not mm. only in tech circles. Um, yeah. What's your takeaway? Yeah, um, I make the same conclusions. I I think that um, it's really hard to to gauge since we are working full-time with AI and has been doing so for two, three years now, it's uh, that my feeling is that AI has, has come to stay and will be very prevalent. But actually, the world is not that different. If you look around just in the streets and in the, in the stores, like everything is the same. Uh, so these... Um, and... and and uh, crypto had this uh, Super Bowl moment in, in 2022 with all the ads being about crypto and and uh, or, or a lot of them. And uh, that doesn't mean that crypto is everywhere now two years later. Um, rather the opposite, like it's really shrunk from, from mainstream um, um, attention. Although like there's been a very recent uh, uplift with with Bitcoin now having and like uh, the the BlackRock ETF in in, in the US, but um, 
uh, AI for me is is going to have um, much f- faster and might widespread uh, impacts for for people's daily lives, and I, and I think that people are like of all ages are um, becoming more and more uh, like daily consumers of AI services. Yeah, I mean, I think it's actually pretty interesting. Like, thought that if, if 2022 Super Bowl probably, you know, ordered and decided in 2021, right, which was the peak yeah. of the kind of crypto attention and crypto market. And now we have Super Bowl, we have record uh, valuations for all the big AI companies mm-hmm. like NVIDIA, etc. Like, if I would make a contrarian market call here, which is what this, this podcast is about, right? Just like from like a I'm not, I, I never remember what this um, adoption curve is called. The you know, Gartner where it's, this is the Gartner curve. one. Yeah. yeah, the one where you go like to these different feelings, and you have this yeah. hype, and then you go down in like disillusionment, and then you actually start a steady progress of, yeah. of something coming out and deployed into you know production in society. Yeah. Um, but it feels like from that analysis, just like using the Super Bowl as like the anecdote and like the market prices of crypto and like the big AI stocks, mm-hmm. like it could be that this is the peak of the, you know, the first hype cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, like it's it's not like completely unreasonable. Yeah. Uh, but like I definitely feel that it's it's sim symbol of that. You know, we have had a like a, a really steep increase in awareness mm. of AI, um, and and I think we can dive into that from different perspectives today. But I think that's like a it's probably a good measurement at least. I mean, not everyone knew about crypto, right? Like me, but but my my dad had heard about Bitcoin, you know. Mm, yeah. But like you know, he, you know, he didn't really understand it. Da 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 da. Whatever. Same with AI, probably. But mm-hmm. it does feel like most people have heard the term and mm-hmm. have some concept of what it is. Mm. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I when when I was in a coffee shop uh, yesterday. Um, like you can overhear people talking about AI, uh, just like sitting having coffee and someone they like they talk about uh, the, the phrase I overheard uh, uh, was like that uh, they were talking about uh, you should so should the AI have a persona if uh, it, it participates in work meetings like should it have a, a specific uh, um, personality then and um, and I think. It's interesting that uh, since uh, AI has sort of come in through not only through technology, but also with a big existential like scare mongering about AI being uh, perhaps the end of humanity, it has also like brought a philosophical angle into a mainstream discussion about AI, and uh, and uh, and that can be then that that can live on in perhaps more constructive discussions than than only like is AI dangerous but also like how should we use AI and, and, and people can really reflect on that if they, because it comes as something that is not only like like any kind of um, any piece of technology it has it actually poses questions about what is consciousness what is intelligence what is what is um, a good technology and what is a, is a bad technology. Yeah, I think that's pretty, like, also comparing it to crypto, I completely agree. Like, because crypto came kind of like, you know, it has this attention, right? And mm. then people project, whoever is aware of it, project their hopes or fears onto it, right? Because that's kind of the 
focal point of the zeitgeist. Yeah. Yeah. And then like it's kind of like, oh, this will you know destroy society. It's like uh, anarchy and and you know criminals will use it and etc cetera, etc. Cetera, right? And then the people who are pro are kind of like um, for society you know you have the opportunity of kind of more network based uh, free and egalitarian kind of society less corrupt mm. etc so you have these two like fierce and hope kind of visions so to say of the future emerging and i think with a like and that's but that's on a societal level you never argued that crypto is gonna you know it has anything to do with me as a person yeah really but with ai it's pretty interesting because i agree it's it's kind of like it's kind of like it it will it probably projects both the fears of like, oh, we will be obsolete or mm. AI will take over or what's the purpose of being like us, you know, or are we even unique having a soul? Like if you take it more religiously, I, I'm not sure in those circles how people look yeah. at it, but like I can really imagine that, like, you know, the argument, like the fear there and then the hope on the other side, like the EAC people, the accelerationists, like, you know, AI will solve everything, you know, mm-hmm. we will live forever, we will colonize the universe, you know, abundance for everyone, uh, kind of with robots doing everything for us. Um, so it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I really think so. And I think it's much more personal, actually, the kind of focal point of AI makes it much more personal and philosophical and everything like. Yeah. And um, maybe uh, people like, like, uh, um, Max, the Swedish AI philosopher, uh, who really like uh, make, took a hard stand maybe a year ago uh, in in saying that we should pick, put a break on AI development, and uh, did a big name collection on that from from prominent scientists. Uh, he he uh, really helped promote AI with with those mm. efforts. Yeah, like that uh, that could definitely be <laughs> be a result. Because uh, because it's uh, that that message really came through a lot uh, at that time. And now people uh, people are I think talking more about uh, what the actual use of AI and how they how they should um, make sure that it's uh, it becomes a, a positive force in the in the workplace and so on. Yeah, I think it's like I think development. If you just look at development of narratives, and this of course should be measured. So like. In order for it to like actually make the statement, but I'll just make my observation, whatever it's worth, right? Is that, for example, with like AI in the workplace, I really think that people are realizing that there are quite few jobs initially that AI will actually take and sort of delete. Uh, in my view, mm. at least, like it will mm. take longer. Right now, no one will hire an AI as their CFO or CMO or even as they're kind of, um, I mean, people, I guess, you know, in those teams and functions, mm-hmm. maybe customer service, you can like, I mean, you could say you're replacing because you're really, really like removing the need for as many people. So I guess in that sense, you know, across these things, mm-hmm. but you're not, you're, you're still saying we're going to make people much more productive, creative, powerful. Yeah. We're not saying we can actually remove them, but we can have less of them. So I think there's something in the narrative there where where that fear is, I mean, I guess it's still there because if you're reducing headcount, then, you know, people are not having as many jobs, et cetera. But, mm. but that's like a shift in the narrative that I feel that, you know, may belong this uh, Gartner, the, what do you call it, the Gartner? Hype curve? 
hype cycle yeah maybe that's hype it cycle, like, yeah 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 but that it's um that people are kind of realizing that, that, that you know okay we, we're not there yet right we might be there in a while but we're not there yet um and at the same time i sort of feel that you know people were a bit shocked like take the big picture kind of ai doomsday thing that people were so shocked with like oh the computer can actually speak with me it can you know write code mm. it can mm. be creative like write music etc that we sort of from that shock projected that you know super intelligence would be here in like two years yeah and my sense right now is that's not fucking happening no like that's not happening maybe, maybe it's 10 years out i don't know it's so hard to say but it's definitely not here like now now in chat gpt like just scaling this i have a very hard time seeing that it's you mm. know conscious or i mean even that question but like like that it will uh, um be the terminator scenario mm. right yeah, I think, and I think that fear is subsiding. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, I think AI is a perfect example of a technology where we overestimate the short-term impact and we underestimate the long-term mm. impact. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And which mm. is uh, which is uh, true for so many things, especially like the internet when it when it came and uh, and uh, but that that the the future is unevenly distributed is uh, is certainly true and uh, and there like there are people now um, driving their cars while talking to ChatGPT on their Apple Vision Pro headsets and and like really want to dive like be, be first over the crossing line into the future and uh, and live there uh, permanently and uh, and then there are there are that and that's exactly what what the Gartner curve is saying that there are that's just is happily chugging along in their old old ways or as they are uh, waiting for the world to to uh, uh, decide what to do with with uh, new technologies before they before they adopt them and that's probably a um really uh, like the safest way of, of dealing with uh, new technologies for for the big mass of people. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think that's actually, sorry, Ron. I, they, I just, another anecdote came up for me where like uh, I have a friend uh, from Iceland and she said when her grandmother uh, first got a phone installed to her house, which was remotely located, like, and she refused to to take any calls when they like they installed a phone for her but they couldn't still couldn't speak to her and she said that how can that how can i trust what someone is saying in the on like in in a machine okay this is not it's not a person talking i i hear a voice and it even sounds like you uh so uh, like what if can if it can imitate your voice then it can it can make you say anything like how how would i ever trust that and <laughs> that's that's pretty that's pretty astute like looking for yeah <laughs> and that was just a normal phone and it was probably like 50 years ago but uh, and now those concerns are 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 coming real with with the like with the next wave of of technology yeah i mean i feel a little bit like i don't know which curve to use that for now I just googled up these like the it was the gartner hype cycle and and then there's mm -hmm. kind of the the kind of innovators and early adopters and like early majority, et cetera, that curve as well, that bell curve, that mm -hmm. um, 
sort of touches on what you said, like that, you know, it, it really is unevenly distributed. Yeah. You know, some people are living like maybe most people will live in, you know, five, 10 years already. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's like just touching back on like, at least for me, framing what's happening here is like this initial kind of thing, then all hopes are gigantic and all fears are gigantic yeah. and, and unrealistic, mm. right? Uh, in the sense that maybe, you know, in the future, but not now. And then like the kind of level of, uh, how would you call it, the magnitude of those hopes and fears goes down. Mm. And now all of a sudden they're more realistic. So now we have more, like more people I don't know where we are on like this adoption curve. Like if we're like at the, only the early adopters still probably maybe mm. a little bit like touching on the early majority, but like the hopes are more realistic. Like people are more and more people are seriously looking at, you know, how to like, how can this actually, how can I use this in my work or, you know, are there any value here or, Oh wow. Generating images is cool. You know, or chat GPT is useful, you yeah. know, just like very simple things like that for, you know, making a recipe or, you know, learning something. Uh, and same thing with the fears, I think, are becoming more realistic in the sense of what you just touched upon. Like, there is actually an issue with, like, fake, like, with, like, deep fakes. And it's mm. going to be, like, a real issue, yeah. most likely. Because mm. that I, I have a hard time seeing that the defense catches up, like, moves as quickly as the offense in that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which we can dive into. But also, like, other, yeah, I mean, I just feel like there's there's going to be, like, a, there's a sobering up now where things are getting more and more deployed, where there are like real hopes being realized, you know, mm. real value being created, but also like real problems having to be dealt with, which I don't really think we have had to deal with yet. I don't know if there's any like good examples of like, mm, of real problems that, you know, from AI that we've had to deal with. Do you know any? Like, do you like... I mean, there are situations, um, um, there are like deep fakes like have been um deployed when 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 there was a uh there was a, a Swedish um ambassador to Germany who was uh, sort of um um talking it, it was weighing in in the news about some some a vote going on which was like publicly very like in a heated debate then there was a there was a deep fake uh, video of her. Um, this was this was like two years ago, so it was very very early. There was a deep fake video of her saying something outrageous, like obviously meant to to diminish her uh, her credibility in 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 media, and um, and that was uh, that that was produced by some Russian troll factory or something like it. it it was so early that it was no like hobby project, and uh, so these situations happen, and I think they are gonna um, have have some impact. But the I think basically like we've been able to Photoshop images for so long and, and mm. retouch photographs, and that our our awareness and our criticism of the, of the source also actually increases like it keeps so far it has kept pace and there's no I, there's there hasn't been any any cases as far as i know where people have like severely been if affected by by ai if you don't count like how 
um, the algorithm in social media, which is like promoting um, polarized polarized discussion, where that to engage people, that that might actually have uh, had a big impact on on how society looks now. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think that's like um, maybe the best defense will actually just be us learning about how we can be tricked and becoming aware of it. Yeah, uh, and I think that's where like the frontier of getting food will be always. It's like so. I just uh, actually I just googled on it because I heard about it. Like I think like very recently. Um, yeah, I mean, just a week ago or so. Like there was a finance worker being tricked to pay out twenty five million dollar to a, to. Oh a, yeah, a, I saw that. That's a, a, that's a pretty severe actually consequence. Yeah, and I mean, it was, and the, the cool thing was like on the topic of where our kind of skepticism lies. The way they tricked this person was by actually having a deep fake Zoom call with multiple colleagues, including the CFO of yeah. this multinational, who mm. said, yes, make this payment. You know, or like, I don't know how they did it, right? They mm. probably did it well. Uh, so it's, and, and at least me, like if I show up in a video meeting and four people I know should mm. be there, and are realistically engaging with me and each other, you know, as themselves with video and voice, uh, mm. then mentally I'm still not like aware that I, that could be like a fraud. But I mean, with more and more of these cases coming, people will be. Yeah. Uh, and then I think the actual question will be like, okay, with that lack of trust, like, <laughs> like how do we do things? You know. Yeah. Like, how do we trust? Will it have to yeah. go back to like in-person handshakes? You know, I mean, of course, there's going to be digital solutions to this as well, with like mm. digital identity, etc. But, but there's something interesting there. If like all the digital ways we have of communicating with each other can't be trusted, you know, on the topic mm. of your grandma and her yeah. phone, you know, we mm. don't trust when someone calls us, which maybe we shouldn't now because it's quite an easy thing to fake. Yeah. Uh, then, like, how do we interact? I don't know. Do you have any thoughts? I yeah. I think new new pathways will be um, will be uh, created just by people um, finding new needs of, of trusting. Um, but there, it can it can be a combination of social new social protocols and new technical protocols, and maybe AI can also assist as much as it can. It can be used to to attack the the social protocols that we do have of of, of trust and and financial um, management. And uh, I was the when I was running narrative, uh, uh, I think some sometime in two thousand fourteen or fifteen, there was an attack on many Swedish companies, including our company, where there were some perpetrators that really made an effort to map out organizations they made uh, dozens of call into the asking like how do i um if i want to get this invoice uh, um, paid who do i talk to and so on and they mapped out the roles in an organization and lines of decision and then they said sent a spoof email to our con uh, controller from from me to pay out uh, some 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 and uh, uh, to a new bank account and with with a sense of urgency in the email and it and uh, that so that was over email and but the information was very credible 
and it was just like the that we had such a flat organization that something like that paying out a large sum to to an uh, a foreign bank account would never happen without him being clued in on what what actually is going on so he he uh, he sent me this and said that this isn't for real right even though the, like the email came from me with like uh, with my tone of voice and um um but yeah this could this this could definitely um open up new venues of like attack vectors on on companies and and their and it's but it's also a sense of trust in in public voices in politicians and and um um just celebrities like and leonardo DiCaprio is probably going to have his brand eroded somewhat by deep fakes over time or just uh, getting competition from from fake uh, f- celebrities who p- everybody's aware that this is an AI seller, but uh, there's still someone that it's interesting to follow, so it's, people listen to them. Yeah, and I feel like it's interesting. So we touched upon kind of individual skepticism will be the first line of defense, but it will lead to its own problems, like with its own in economics, you call it like um, transaction costs. Like there's friction, mm. communicating, interacting, transacting, you know, with someone else. And same thing on like organizational level. What you touched upon, like just briefly, there was that one of your defenses was that you were a flat organization. Mm. So I think like organizationally, there's going to be like defenses. Like I think this would probably be its own kind of like. Uh, branch of social science or not something like resilient. I mean, we've talked about that a lot of mm. like, a lot of times, like resilient organizations, anti-fragile organizations. I think maybe with AI, a lot of these like concepts and theories will come into like the forefront. Like, how do you build an organization that is resilient? Uh, you know, in the sense that you know it can operate efficiently even with these kind of trust issues that exist, just like mm. in terms of communicating. And then on the societal level, like, what does that look like? Like, how are we resilient? And and how do we establish, like, trust and, you know, low friction across society? Because societies are basically trust in, like, systems, organizations, each other, values, you know, that's what keeps it together. It's kind of the glue. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting, like, I mean, that, that kind of shift, Mm. will be like massive Uh, but i think on the protocol level it's going to be like there's going to be hopefully some way that you can at least trust who if you would use like crypto speak or like you know we use normal speak like who controls the uh account Mm. you know posting that information sending that information with like new methods for 2fa and like being sure that this was a 2FA authorized kind of communication that I actually know that when you send me that email, you signed it with your bank ID or whatever, right? I think there's going to be those kind of solutions like having to pop up. So we at least know that, okay, this person, like if this person hasn't been compromised, you know, Mm. Mm. then then I know that it, like I know it originated from his email or his account or something like that. Mm. I don't know. Lots of different levels. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and, um, the the um the measures could also be about uh, integrating a lot more information and uh, like so that 
they're paying for paying for something paying a supplier in a company is not only like uh oh there's a there's now a pay order so i pay out but that uh, the entire chain of uh, deliveries from that from that supplier is integrated and no payment go, can go out without the system also recording a value being delivered by the supplier and so on that's so that you really close the loop on on everything like digitally close the loop on everything going on in the company and you can crypt, uh, have cryptographically strong uh, authentication on someone actually being a supplier on to to the company before you pay anything to them and you can verify that they had delivered a value equal to what they have what they're asking to get paid yeah exactly yeah and i mean that their ai might be the solution right if you just imagine the corporate ai who knows everything mm. about the company knows every meeting knows every strategic plan, knows every collaborator and employee. And it's like, you know, needs to, not only you need to sign off, you Mm. uh, you know, a lower intelligent human, but like the AI (laughs) needs to sign off, you know, that, you know, who has all the information, right? That the payment goes out. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, the CEO said so, right? I guess, but still like, it's, it's kind of like, can be a line of defense there. And then, and then you start trusting the AI more than than your manager or and your C or your CEO, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and and That's then we have also the, another end uh, end point, which is uh, um, as an example, my friend Jens Nilander is doing a great job of using AI to to uh, uh, look around in all the public finances of Swedish municipalities. Have you seen? Have you seen that? No, I don't. What, what is so he's he's um, he's since since the finances of Swedish municipalities are public information, he's extracted all of that. He's brought out like twenty two million invoices from oh, from great. just one year, and he's using AI to investigate all the fraud and and corruption and incompetence going on, and. For example, he has found that there's a non-existing newspaper which uh, uh, Swedish municipalities has paid for in, in like uh, the past thirty years. They paid three hundred million sec uh, for a non-existing newspaper, uh, and and uh, someone has cashed out, like really lived on that. Uh, wow! and discovering all kinds of fraud and. And that people are are like switching out. They are they are actually supplying a service, but when when they're invoicing it, they are invoicing this from a different company, where uh, which is not registered for tax. So then they don't have to pay an income tax on the on the money, and people in the municipality are just accepting that all of a sudden there's a new organization number to to register when it's time to pay the invoice and they're like all right that, i suppose that's fine and that's uh and that's uh, like a widespread um, way of of defrauding um uh, the government that's great though wow <laughs> yes amazing yes. that someone does this yeah i mean it's public knowledge that it's like a lot of waste yeah but like uh, beautiful Mm-hmm. and uh, AI could also like dive into all the uh, op- open protocols of all the meetings at, at all levels of governments and just uh, do journalism basically yeah like where where is 
um, where are people taking shortcuts and, and hiring their their family uh, or, and friends over competent people and, and making decisions benefiting themselves, themselves more than others and so on. Yeah, it's interesting. We actually have a bunch of rules. I don't know them like that well, but like I know there are a bunch of rules regarding the transparency of government, right? Yeah. At least in Sweden. But that transparency is kind of like, you know, yeah, there's a meeting protocol, but, you know, who's mm. going to read it and who's going to put, uh, you know, one and one together, uh, so to say. But yeah, we can actually use AI for that, exactly. like very cheaply. Yeah. Oh, I hope this inspires like a whole... I hope this is just the start of him starting a business around this or something. Or yeah, he is actually. Yeah, so so he's uh, he's doing it as a like guerrilla PR for his his uh, analysis uh, service. All and, right. Uh, yeah, and he's a uh, like uh, he, he is uh, the Jens who um, created Jens of Sweden, the MP3 player, and also created Automile and sold that for for a billion sec. And so it's a serious business for him, and it's uh, it's so great that he's like bo- both doing something good for society and then uh, yeah. building a business from it. Interesting. And he's been doing it for a bit as well. Like, yes. just look at his LinkedIn. Yeah, you can look into that. Amazing. Mm-hmm. He would be fun to have on the pod. Yeah, I can ask him. Yeah, ask him if yeah. he has time. It would yeah, be really I cool will. to hear more about this. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think we are uh, running over time, and uh, go figure with such an interesting topic. Uh, like we are, we are seeing the, the the traces of AI going mainstream, and I think uh, what we what we're seeing now is just the beginning. But still, like we we uh, are are seeing how it's how it's starting to play out with all of these. Uh, trust issues and opportunities creating new social protocols for how we humans uh, uh, co-create with each other and and now with AI. Yeah, I mean, thanks a lot, Martin. It's been, yeah. uh, it's been fun. Thanks, Rasmus. And uh, thanks, listener. And see you in the next episode.